I want you to take your Bibles or your apps, and today I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew 13. Now, if you're not familiar with where the book of Matthew is located, what I want you to do is if you're in a, a physical Bible, a book, I want you to turn to the table of contents, locate the New Testament, and Matthew is the first book of the New Testament. Uh, find that page, flip over, and then keep going until you hit chapter 13. Now, if you're in an app, what I want you to do is pull up the list of books of the Bible. Matthew is located about two-thirds of the way down that list. Uh, and so once you find Matthew, click there and go to chapter 13. Uh, today, I want to open up with a question that I want you to think about for a moment. Think back over your life and was there ever uh, something that you had located or that you desired uh, that you were willing to sacrifice in order to obtain? So when I was in college, um, I found this vintage Scout International Terra. Now, most of you have no idea what that is. Some of you do know what it is. Uh, it's a car. It's an old vintage uh, off-road vehicle. And I found it. It was fully restored. It was beautiful. Uh, it had some really neat upgrades in it. And I thought... I had to have that car. I, I drove past the car lot uh, where it was located almost daily. Uh, I would drive by and look at it and dream about how I could uh, trade in the car that I had so that I could buy it. Uh, and I would think and think and think. For about two months, I just thought about all the ways. How can I get this car? Now, obviously, in that moment, I was a college student. I wasn't making a lot of money. It would have been a terrible vehicle to own uh, as a college student driving around and driving uh, from my college town up to my hometown and back. It, it would have just been a terrible idea. And luckily, God put a stop to that, and I didn't end up getting it. But I remember so distinctly in that time, uh, those couple of months where all I could think about was how to acquire this vehicle. Have you ever found something that you really, really wanted? Something that you looked at and you thought, I would do anything to get my hands on that. I would sell this and this and this so that I could buy that thing that I want. Well, it's interesting, today's passage actually kind of talks about that. So I want you to take your Bibles and turn to Matthew 13. We're going to begin in verse 44. So Matthew 13, starting in verse 44. This is Jesus talking. Uh, he's told a few parables up to this point. Now, a, a parable is a, a story or an illustration that tells us about a greater spiritual truth. And so he's told a few parables and he's about to tell us a few more. So read with me in Matthew 13, starting in verse 44. It says this, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that is thrown into the sea and gathered fish of every kind. And when it was full, men drew it ashore and sat down and sorted the good into the containers, but threw away the bad. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, 
Jesus gives us three new parables here. He gives us the parable of the hidden treasure, the parable of the pearl of great price, and the parable of the fish, uh, the, the, the net that gathers fish. Now, I want you to think about these three parables, the, the treasure, the pearl, and the, the net. And what I want you to think about is there's a common theme here. What is the common idea, the idea that Jesus is trying to tell us, to convey to us? Well, this is all a picture. All three of these are pictures of something that is so valuable that the person was willing to abandon everything in order to get it. Uh, or it's something of value that has to be sorted. Uh, and, and so this leads me to my big idea. And today's big idea uh, is pretty simple. If you've, if you've ever watched my messages, I give a big idea. And that big idea is a, it's a summary or a culmination of the main point uh, of the message. And today's big idea is very simple. It's simply this. Nothing is more valuable than Jesus. That's it. That's today's big idea. Nothing is more valuable than Jesus. Jesus is so valuable that we should be willing to give up everything for him and his kingdom. Why? Why should we be willing? Why is he that valuable? Because Jesus and our relationship with him and thusly his kingdom so Jesus, our relationship with Jesus and Jesus' kingdom are the only things that have everlasting, eternal consequences. Our relationship with Jesus and his kingdom are the only things that will last for all of eternity. Think about it for a minute. What in the world, what in your life will go on for eternity? What will last forever? Uh, is the government... The government that you're in right now, will it last forever? No. Will, will the politicians that you support or oppose, will they last forever? No. Does your career or the, the money that you acquire or your investments, do they last forever? No. Here's a hard one. Do your opinions last forever? In reality, no. Does your status with your friends or coworkers, your, your clout, your, uh, the way you are viewed by the world around you, by people around you, does that last forever? No. None of these things are eternal. The only thing that is eternal is our relationship with Jesus. You see, our relationship with Jesus is going to determine where we spend our eternity and there will be ripple effects to what we believe about Jesus to the those around us uh, now let me speak to a specific person right now you may be watching and you may be saying you know I don't know about my relationship with Jesus I don't know about my eternity my eternal destination and, and if that's you today let me speak to you for just a moment you can know exactly where you're gonna spend your eternity. The Bible is clear. If we believe in Jesus, we believe that he was and he is the Son of God, that, that he lived a perfect, sinless life, that he died on a cross 
so that we could be saved, we could be rescued from our sins and the consequences of our sins. If we believe that he rose on the, from the grave on the third day and that he ascended into heaven and he sits right now on a throne in heaven, ruling, if we believe that in all, with all of our mind and heart, and if we confess that he rose from the grave, if we confess with our mouths, if we tell others, if we believe that Jesus is who he said he was, who he was in, in the Bible, then we can be rescued from our sins. And if we're rescued from our sins, we can know exactly where we will spend eternity. We will spend it in a perfect place, in heaven, where there's no pain or weeping or, or any suffering, where we will live in a perfect existence with our Savior, with our rescuer, Jesus. You can do that. You can know exactly where you're gonna go because Jesus offers to anyone who will accept him as their Lord and their Savior to be saved. He offers that to you. Uh, and say, so here's what I want you to do. If you've got questions, or if you would like to make a decision about Jesus, if you would like to make a decision to follow Jesus, here's what I want you to do. I want you to drop whatever you're doing, and I want you to go to the email address that's at the bottom of the screen. Go to that email address and someone will reach out to you right now and we would love to start talking to you about what it looks like to begin a relationship with Jesus. We would love to answer your questions uh, and lead you in that journey with Jesus. Uh, so please reach out to us, uh, let us know. We would love to talk to you today. So there is nothing that is more important. There's nothing more valuable than Jesus because Jesus is the one and only thing that has eternity, eternity to it. Jesus is the only thing that lasts forever and ever and ever. But here's the thing, and let me confess, I stole this statement from another pastor, uh, but here's the thing. The kingdom of heaven will always be in conflict at some level with the kingdom of men, always. The, the world we live in and our own uh, values are going to some level always be in conflict with Jesus and his kingdom. Uh, let me kind of open this and, and unpack this for a minute. Last week, I taught about the parable of the sower, which is found earlier in Matthew chapter 13. And in that parable, Jesus describes a, a farmer, a sower, going and spreading seed on soil. And the, the farmer represents God. The seed is God's word. It is the message of Jesus. And the soil that the seed falls on are the hearts of men, of, of people. And so our hearts either receive or reject that message of Jesus. And he gave four types of soil that the seed would fall on. It would fall on the road where someone would come along and eat it up. Those are unbelievers. Those, uh, the, the first soil is though, are those who do not believe in Jesus as their Lord and Savior. But the second and third one, the, the rocky soil and the soil where there are thorns, those are interesting soils because those are people who believe that they're followers of Jesus. They believe that they're Christians. But for one reason or another, they have not 
been able to give up their worldly attachments, whether they be uh, difficulties or whether they be uh, trials or worldly worries or money or whatever it may be, sin, whatever it may be, they're not willing to give that up. And do you know why they're not willing to give that up? Because they don't value Jesus fully. They don't truly believe that Jesus is more important than their sin or their money or their worries or that Jesus can get them through their difficult time or their trials. There's a value uh, that's not placed properly. They put their value and their trust in the things of the world rather than putting their value and trust in Jesus, in their savior, in the rescuer of all mankind. And we can do that sometimes. We, we have a tendency to place too much value on the things of the world rather than placing all of our value in what Jesus is, that he is the son of God, that he is all-powerful, all-knowing, wise, all-present, unchanging and perfect, loving and just in everything he does. We forget that sometimes or, or we don't truly, with all of our heart, mind, soul and strength, we don't truly believe that sometimes. And so two of the soils from this, the parable of the sower, two of those soils are people who think that they are Christians, but in reality, they have not valued Jesus completely. It is only that fourth soil, the good soil, where the seed falls and it produces a crop of 30, 60, or 100 fold. That is the true follower of Jesus because they value Jesus for who he truly is and what he's called us to do. So, what does Jesus say about those who do not value enough, value him enough to give him everything? Well, let's go back to our passage in Matthew 13. We're gonna reread uh, starting in verse 47. So Matthew 13, beginning in verse 47, it says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea and gathered fish of every kind. When it was full, men drew it ashore and sat down and sorted the good into containers but threw away the bad. And so it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw, out, throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. According to the parables that we've looked at over the last two weeks, uh, this week and last week, and according to the parable we just read, there's a huge percentage, maybe even a majority of people who think they're Christians, but they actually aren't. They're the bad fish or they're the rocky or thorn-filled soil. And to be totally blunt, those people who have not valued Jesus truly all the way, who have not valued Jesus's kingdom, those people uh, are not truly followers of Jesus. They're useless. And according to verses 47 through 50 of Matthew 13 that we just read, according to that passage, they're gonna be thrown out. Their eternity is not going to be in perfection with Jesus. So I think the question that we have to ask ourselves today is 
How valuable is Jesus and his kingdom to you? How important, how valuable? And you may be asking yourself, well, I don't know. I, I don't even know how to answer that question. Well, let me, let me give you some ways that you may begin to understand how valuable he is to you. Here's some questions to ask yourself. When was the last time that you sacrificially served someone in the name of Jesus so that you could love them in the name of Jesus? Let me ask you another question. When was the last time you invited someone to church or to small group so that they could hear about Jesus' rescue and about his kingdom? When was the last time you told somebody about how Jesus has changed your life? All too many times we think that following Jesus is all about being moral or studying the Bible or praying. And while those things are, are all important, they're not the most important. Producing fruit, having a relationship that is so tied in to the mission of Jesus that we produce fruit, that is the most important. If we have all of the theology in the world and we're the most moral person on the planet and yet we don't love people and lead them to Jesus, we are useless. Our theology and our morals are dirty rags if we're not leading people to Jesus out of our love for them. So when was the last time you sacrificially served or you invited someone to church or you told them about how Jesus has changed your life? When was the last time you produced fruit? That's the point here. You have to value Jesus more than anything else in the world, in your life. Jesus is high above everything. He is superior. He is the priority. And that's how we know whether or not we're truly the good soil, whether or not we truly value Jesus. Now, in, in thinking through this, we've got a campaign that's been going most of the year called Who's Your One? And we kind of put it on hold for a couple of months uh, because of COVID, but, but we're going to be talking about it a lot again. And Who's Your One is simply deciding that, that you've got one person that you're going to begin praying for, blessing, talking to, inviting to church, small group, and, and telling them about Jesus. It's about leading them to the life-changing hope that can only be found in Jesus. And so who's your one? And what are you doing about that one? What are you doing to pray for them? What are you doing to bless them? What are you doing to invite them to church or to tell them about how Jesus has changed your life? Pray for courage. Pray for opportunities to speak in to the lives of your one. Uh, and let's change our community. Let's, let's change the world for Jesus because we value him so much that we produce fruit. Let's be that kind of follower of Jesus. Will you join me in prayer? Almighty God, thank you. Thank you for your son, Jesus. Thank you for what he did on the cross so that we could be forgiven, so that we could be rescued from our sins and the consequences of our sins. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done in our lives. 
And Lord, we pray that we would so value Jesus and what he did for us that we would be intentional about going out and sharing Jesus with others. Help us to choose that one person that we will intentionally pray for and bless and invite and tell them about Jesus. Help us to have the courage and the strength and to recognize those opportunities to do that in the lives of the people around us, in the lives of our one. And so Lord, thank you so much for today. Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for Jesus. And it's in his name, in the name of Jesus, that we pray, amen.